Yo, Dan, hurry up. We need to start recording. My my Adobe uh, subscription might expire any moment now. Okay. One borrow time yet, Dan. One borrow time. Hurry up. Ready. Received. It's reset all the usual recording things. I mm. need to map them again and arm them. Why? Why, um, why don't you have presets? I don't understand. I, I, I have them, Phil. And I always load it up. And 75% of the time, it works. And then there's sometimes it's just great out. If you if you disconnect it, you've got to make sure before you open the new file that the audio hardware is set up to the, the desk, Dan. Crims, keep all this in. This is nerdy information that our listeners will love. This is background context that builds the loom. This is the music channel. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. This is why you is know, this such a an involved setup? This is the sound know, effects. Well, well, Dan does that. I'm I'm going to stop building the ambiance of this episode. This this episode is going to have a theme, and there's only one way to start it this week, Dan. There's only one way. If you smell what the rock is cooking, if you if you never heard this as a kid and go crazy, goosebumps. Oh. Shout out to the Jabroni being eyeball raising, most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Dan, you know I'm shouting out this week. Oh snap, Dan! The, you, do you know the classic "It Doesn't Matter" by Wyclef Jean and The Rock is not available in streaming? What? That, that, that can't be right. That cannot be. <laughs> I don't think that song exists, Phil. No, it exists. I'm, I'll find it. What are you it. talking about? There we go. I found it. It's got a whopping one million views on YouTube. With the refugee camp, and you're about to smell what the rock is cooking. Outside of the cold, when the FLE exits in and at the red zone, hood is down. Let me tie your mouth, would not let me in. You know what I'm saying? Yo, 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 I got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. It doesn't matter. I got a pocket full of cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter. I just won the bingo, bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. Cause if you ain't sharing, People ain't caring, come up in the hood and they take everything you're wearing. Back in the days, it was all about the clubs, and so-called thugs used to dance the bridge for love. The girls, they wouldn't say hey, unless you bought a champagne like it was, it was a birthday. birthday. I used to stand outside, hustling my way, and I'm on the guest list, plus five. Just performing tonight, he said, Shaba, it's the lover that we leave you the selective. Stop, yeah, jump, the rocks up in here. Disrespect him, season catch a smack in your left ear. Light up like Vegas when it's time to gamble. Girls speak for me like I was part of the Beatles, but I'm not, honey. But I could be your former car. And ebony or ivory into my jacuzzi Foundation like cool hurt The DJ Red yeah, Alert goes berserk like The needle ain't skipped The record jerk Cause y'all jumping too hard I got 50 Bentleys Sing along Dan Come on Dan Come on 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People ain't caring. Please forgive me. As you're listening to this podcast, you'll be hearing me chewing and sipping. That's because I'm, I'm having my dinner and a homemade whiskey sour. Mm. Have, have you not mapped you know map your channels? I have. I'm recording now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all good. Okay, sorry. We're all good over here. Should I stop vamping? <laughs> is that what you were doing? This is what you do every episode, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was vamping and I was preparing for this. But I, I think I'll get into it now and then we'll continue our conversation. Anyway, you said you wanted to get something on the podcast. What did you want to say? You wanted to shame me publicly, you bastard. It's not that I wanted to shame you. I was actually going to shame myself. So, you know, just before we started recording, uh, Phil was complaining about uh, budgets and money. You know how he does at the beginning of every episode. And then I was like, Phil, you can't lie to me. I will never forget. There's one day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the context, but I'll never forget the words. Mm. You looked at me with the most quizzical look in your face and you said, Dan, why don't you just use your savings? Do you know what I felt like? <laughs> I felt like oh, God damn. I didn't, I didn't know how to tell you that I ain't got savings. You said it, like, it was the most obvious. Like, why wouldn't you, a grown man of your age, should have savings by now? I want you to know that has motivated me over the past few years. <laughs> it's been one of my motivations. Like, Damn, for real. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what I lied. I don't know what I mumbled. I might have said something like, um, "Yeah, no, the bank needs like three signatures." I don't know. Man, I don't got no savings, man. What are you talking about? Savings. So. Those words have been a fire in my belly ever since. And the past few years, I ain't stopped working since. I still don't got savings, but. Oh, that's a bit. <laughs> I know you're finished. Oh, man. So once again, guys, if, if you need help with your personal finance or motivational speakers, call the two broke two. <laughs> We will get your finances right one way or another. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I still, I still ain't got the savings. <laughs> oh man! But oh yeah, my financial situation is way better than it was when you asked me that question. So, ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess, all the you know. turns have tabled because, as it stands, after last year's medical bills, I have no savings either. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Phil, if I get medical bills, I don't... Anyway. And you know, the oh. weird thing is, like, um, a lot of people that I know are having to deal with medical guans, and I'm all too familiar with it, and I'm seeing the quotations. And, like, you know... What's the word? It's, like, jaded. You know what I mean? Like, when someone doesn't really appreciate how, how expensive it is to be sick or go for surgery in Zim, and they'll get the quotation, and you see the look on the face, like, my wed way. Bah! And then I'm looking at it and I'm and like my side, because I've been through it, I'm I'm I I don't think I'm helpful because I'm like, oh, actually these bed fees are this is a good rate for bed fees. Okay. Ah, this is a good deal. Eight thousand only. Ah you just solid here. You just solid. And then looking at you, you know, you know the mess up thing about Zim. Uh, Eight thousand in the grand scheme of things globally doesn't sound like a crazy amount. But if you ain't got it, getting eight thousand in Zim. 
Where, where are you going to get a loan? Who are you going to talk to to get eight grand? That's the thing. Tough. That's the thing. And what's the, if you don't have eight grand? No, uh, by, by the way, Dad, I'm speaking of someone's medical insurance. These are the excess fees. And this is just for the hospital. We're not talking about the doctor fees or medication or anything else. Like, this is just, this is just like stage one of the three stage quotation process. Ah, being sick in Zim. I wish it on no one. I wish that on no one. So, look, this is not part of the podcast, but since we're on it, um, just, just recently, last month, um, we changed medical insurance providers at work. So our policy at work, man, I don't know if we should be talking about this. Anyway, our policy at work is uh, you get 50% medical insurance paid by the company and the other 50%. Well, it's not for everyone. I guess it depends on your contract. But for I think for a lot of people, it's 50% one way or the other. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have that one. Tough times. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. I'm sure some people get 100% as well. I don't know. Anyway, so people were given the option of choosing which scheme they wanted to go on. So a lot of people are trying to save as much as possible. So they just go on the cheapest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I went the opposite direction. Right, yeah. I was like, I want the, pr- the premiumest I can get. Smart idea. The the day, the day, lit, I'm not even kidding. The day it kicked in and I received my policy document, I had to take my wife to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Smooth, easy, no shortfalls, no, it was, it was mild. Thankfully, it wasn't too deep. It was just a little bit of a flu that had gone a little bit too severe. Hit the, hit the hospital, did what we had to do, walked out, zero shortfalls. And I was like, you know what? Look at God. Look at God. Unfortunately, and uh, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like this is a decision thing because I completely understand why someone would go the other route. Um, this week, we lost someone who oh, no. had an em- a medical emergency. And it was just like, bruh. Being sick in Zim. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, no, I don't wish that. Um, yeah. Let's... Uh, Let's. Uh, we we don't want to die, bring you down with uh, with sad stories, man. You you tune into this for you know for entertainment. Hopefully, some of you are tuning in to to look for ops. I know that some of you have been sent. Welcome, also. <laughs> we appreciate your listen too. Some of you have been sent by intelligence organizations. You're also welcome to. Wait, is there something I'm missing? What was going on? Let's start the show, Philip. Wait, what, I gotta what's ask happening? You. What is going on here? What? what? Good to go. Sound of the You can't just Let's say that and then start the show. Let me hear a drum Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Two Broke Twimbles. My name is Danny That Guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denimbi, Denford Wikumaraini, aka Denimbi, my life your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Don't catch me dead working for Lizzo. What? AKA Akuna Mumendi Danmu. That's not 
like like zero and I'm just thinking what the feudal book that will not be knocked out of bro for try to get big boss to keep it up they say you know aka DJ Mkara the NFKs Chamori think it will think it pam 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 which obsession are you talking about what's happening I'm just saying if if there are any ops you told me about someone who's doing some due diligence on you um just in case there's any anyone who's trying to find out information you know what I'm saying just just want to greet and welcome everyone to the podcast but let's not start with negativity you know Phil we're pushing p positive vibes only so we want to give a shout out to our producer again stacked episode notes packed in here a little bit too much uh, I know that's what, that's what I'm like. All right, we'll I, get I, to that. I, I bumped into Crims on my morning jog today, then he was focused. He was like, I know feel I got you, I'm ready. <laughs> yes. You're late for work. But you're, you're late for work. Because if you if you catch me on my morning jog on your way to work, you're late for work. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> see now 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 you're selling him out. Just actually Crims was was he at the No, I'm joking, dude. He was way early, bro. I went for my jog at six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So actually someone who Crims did not put in our notes, but I'm gonna mention now because we we made a reference to him in the in the intro. Uh Zimbabwean rising UFC star Temba Gorimbo. Uh he has been in the news this past week because he got noticed by none other than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Long story short, uh, Temba Gorimbo, whose uh, handles online are The Answer, M-A-M-M-A. Um, he had gone uh, on the internet to tell his story, which is basically that he, he made his way to the United States and only had $7 in his bank account. And it was, you know, it was that, it was that typical rent was due story. Like, yo, it's this or bust. I'm in or I die trying. And uh, there he was, he made name for himself in the MMA circles out there in, uh, in the US and A. And uh, he got noticed by The Rock. So The Rock posted a video of him surprising uh, Temba. Uh, and he was like, damn, I heard your story. Your story inspired me. Mm. In fact, there's a bit of a context. The Rock then bought me. But yeah. What, what had happened is, um, weirdly enough, the, the, because we featured him after his first big win. I think it was like two months ago. Was, am I correct, Dan? It was a bit longer than that. But yeah, I do remember that. So just after that, when, he, when, he, when the check for, for his win came in, he posted and said, yo, I'm really happy because before this, I was sleeping on my friend's couch. I had $7 to my name. And now um, this is this is the start of my career. This is the start of me being able to move on, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with The Rock story. The Rock actually has a, comp- a production company called Seven Bucks Entertainment. And it's called that because when he moved from Hawaii to the mainland to, to pursue his, his career in entertainment and wrestling, he only had $7 in his pocket. So obviously that touched a nerve with them. So The Rock immediately retweeted that and said, wow, this is such an inspiring story. And then Temba was being interviewed for a show. And that was a great cover for all the cameras being in the room because there's a lot of people filming this. And then the interviewer asked him, yo, The Rock recently retweeted you. What's that like? And as Temba's answering the question, The Rock sneaks up behind him. And at this moment, and I'm not going to lie, Dan, I am a very jaded man. I, I do not shed tears. Like I, I think I said it before. Like the only That's time right. I, I cry is when Ted Lasso's on. If ever there was, if if ever there was a lie told on this podcast, that's a lie. <laughs> but no. seeing the Rock, you shared waterworks. The seeing the Rock do this, like, start, yeah, start. I mean, and I've I've like, I'm a big the Rock fan. I'm sure they are bigger Rock fans, but I grew up on the Rock. The Rock, Dan. I literally used to do this. I don't know if you know. I can't even show it, but you know the people's eyebrow. 
for me to be able to do this, what yeah. we used to do is I used to put my hand over this eyebrow. And for hours every day, I just do reps like this. So I could build them. <laughs> so I could build the muscle in my, and I think, so I could do the people's eyebrow. If you look at all my high school photos, every high school photo ever, I'm doing the people's eyebrow. That's all. The Rock is my hero. Well, was, but yeah, still is. Even, even as bad as his acting is, I still watch all his movies. And so, so, so seeing Timber and The Rock doing this, I cried. It was, it was touching. It was heartwarming. So let, let's cut to the video. Oh, there's a full, whoa, they, they've just dropped a whole like mini documentary. Obviously, there's been a couple of clips that have come up, but let's go to the, let's, let's start with this one. Let's start at the beginning for this one. And we're going to meet. I said, what you mean? Then I say, and then I look up, then I see, oh, it's The Rock who wrote to me and say X, Y, Z. And I was like, what the hell was this? I didn't, I didn't sleep that night, if I have to be honest. Wow, you know, it's crazy how what can happen when you are able to tell your story, who you can touch, who you can inspire. And yeah, it's, it's a blessing, you know. I, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's the life we live, man. So this is the moment he sees the rock behind him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's good to see you. Thank you, man. Ah, brother. It's good to finally meet you. Tempo's crying too, bro. Thank <laughs> you. Like the look on his face, bro. He's champion, bro. I mean, oh, your life's changed, bro. Uh, so many onions. Oh, God damn it. Mm. I think also, it's also really touching that he's wearing a Zimbabwe shirt while this is all going on. So, man, shout out to Temple. Yeah. Shout out. Man, I wish, I just wish, you know, we can get so much good. Anyway. Let me, let me shut up. Um, we are a cursed nation, Dan. We just have terrible, <laughs> we have so many great people, but, ah! I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> to our listeners, those, those ones I referenced earlier, eh? I don't know what Phil is talking about, eh? <laughs> um, well, after meeting Temba, The Rock bought him a house. Mm. And then he posts, welcome home. You and your family enjoy your new house, brother. Lights are on. Bills are paid. Keep your my reason, my reason list close. Keep taking care of your people. And I'm honored to play a very, very small role in your seven bucks journey. Seven bucks, I've been there. <laughs> so, here's my thing. Here's my thing, though. Okay. Oh. Beautiful story. Shout out to Temba. We got you, man. Going back to being a little bit jaded. How coincidental you think it was that the number was seven bucks? <laughs> I don't even want to think that. Like, I, I mean, it's not a bad thing. No, I, I don't. Is it? I think, I think it probably is a coincidence. It probably it may not be, but then what's like finding the truth. Ruining the story will ruin the inspiration. And okay, fair enough. And and ruining the inspiration, there's no upside to it except Aha, you lying about how broke you were, you bastard. You know what I mean? No, maybe he had six bucks. That's what I'm but saying. Just said seven. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because he knew what's up. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, sometimes you know, you know, like sometimes, like you know, when you watch a like a, a Hollywood biopic, they always like at the end, like some 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 events might have been dramatized. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes, you know, fair some, some, sometimes don't read the book about the movie. Just, read, just watch the movie. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations, Temba. And uh, man, you shout out to you working hard, doing your thing. 
And you can just hear from when he's talking that that's Zimbabwean. Mm. All right. So um, apart from him, we've got some other Zimbabweans doing it big. Uh, shout out to Mr. Kamera, who uh, we Chilling. learned today was uh, on the brand new Ciara and Chris Brown song, which is about to be about to drop. It's yeah. called How We Roll. He's been teasing. Uh, there's a lot of promo. He's also done, he mm. also did an ad for BMW with Ciara a couple of months back. Kamera's uh, doing his thing, man. He's doing his thing. Shout out to you, my man. I was just upset when I saw Ciara post the promo for the song. I was like, I mean, you know, any any black woman that posts a collaboration with Chris Brown, you know, you know what's going to happen in the comments. Mm-hmm. But this is going to lead to our, our story later on that, you know what? And all the celebrities. Anyway, we'll get to that. But huge shout out to Miss Kamera, uh, landing them big checks, them big collaborations, doing your thing. Ciara featuring Chris Brown, How We Roll. Trust is going to be on high rotation on Zim Radio as local music. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right up there with drunken love. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Actually, you know what? You know what? I, you know what? Like, I just remembered. Soko just dropped a song. We should hit up Soko now. Now he's in promo mode. Let me hit up Soko. Anyway, continue. No, no, no. Just we didn't mention him. No, no, <laughs> okay. no. We, we need to get him for a proper right. episode. Right. Uh, continue I'm, with Zimbabwe. I've got ADHD, so I don't understand right. if I forget. Uh, a couple of quick mentions. Okay, want to give a big shout out to Zkomborero Claire Dury, who is uh, out in uh, Rwanda representing Zimbabwe, the Zimbabwean cybersecurity and software engineer. She won the five thousand US dollar hackathon out there. Thanks, thanks, Claire. <laughs> Congratulations to you, Zimbabweans, doing it big. Uh, if you are paying attention to uh, the tech news coming out of Rwanda, shout out to Zimbabwe. Also, in the world of tennis, junior tennis to be specific. Zimbabwe's top player in the girls' singles, Sasha Chimedza, recently pulled through to the next stage of the International Tennis Federation's J60 tournament. She beat Michelle Geznenge in the second round at Harare Sports Club. So she is doing really well in the tournament, and we'll be watching how far she goes. Congratulations, Sasha. Um, junior tournament, of course. These are, these are young stars. Um, maybe the next superstars. Why is it? And finally, I have this very cryptic, very long Zimbabwean doing it big. Mm. Um, ICAS, the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Zimbabwe, three winners of the inaugural Excellence Awards, including Econet Wireless Deputy CEO, Aish. Mm. Crims, bro. Why are we talking about accountant winners on Two Broke Twimbos? Imagine that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> still, still. <laughs> Welcome. Who's this? To do Zilenirongo and modern Mutuma. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Following up on our previous episode, anything to catch up on? Well, last week, uh, we spoke about uh, many interesting things, including... Where are you phoning? I'm phoning our producer. Just want to get some clarification. Wow, we don't even have clout with our producer. Wow. With our own employees. Hello. Hello. Good 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 day, Mr. Hi. Mr. Crims. How are you? What's up? I'm fine. Uh, wh- wh- where does it sound you're like you're in someone's armpit? What's going on? No, I'm actually in Shadaya's armpit. Oh, okay, you're on your way home. Just a quick one, just a quick yeah. check in, just a quick one here. Um yeah. chartered accountants. Yeah? Is there a chartered accountant you are trying to bag? Like, is, is there someone at ICAS who's paying you off? Or, uh, what, what's going on here? What's happening? Why? 
my guy, the, you did a 25-page rundown of the awards. Everyone else is one. Mr. K- Mr. Kamara does the song with Ciara and Chris Brown. Five words. He's got half a line. <laughs> Three words. It was the link that I copied. I'm not that doing to the write-up. And this is what you, the listeners. No, I think that, that uh, you know, we might want to see our, our, some of our business people who are doing it, take, you know, doing something. Mm-hmm. So someone is bribing. Okay, now thanks. I couldn't, I couldn't put one person's name on there when it was a whole. Uh, mm, of course, of course, it make it obvious. Uh, yeah, you know, it will mm. make it obvious that maybe there's a chartered account in that I want. Thanks for clearing that up. It's, it's all right, Crims. It's, it's cool. Get on safe. <laughs> uh, you know, there's corruption everywhere. So, you know what I'm saying? How can we be talking about accountants? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we move. Last week, uh, in the Chatty Catty episode, we spoke about several things, including Da Baby. We spoke to Ja Praise's manager on the phone, which I thought was... Like, guys, come on, you're not going to hear that anyway. I guarantee you they're not going to mm-hmm. talk about it anyway. But, you know... Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that that, that should have been... We should have sent that clip to Zim Celebs. You know, actually, we should have sent it to Zim Celebs. Are we really going to be those people? <laughs> if, I suppose anything to get... <laughs> I suppose yeah. anything to get what we need. Um, the Zim Celebs audience someone. and our audience have intersection. <laughs> I do think so. I think I think there's a lot of intersection because I recently learned that our audience and the Mac G podcast audience have a big intersection as well. So, I, You know what? As much as I, I don't agree with a lot of the things Mac G does, do you see what he did at, uh, at the San Bitterino? Yeah, no. no. I have to give props. Ah, no, props. there I was like, that's mal. You know what? You're a bit of a twat, eh? But uh, there I've got to give you respect. That's impressive. <laughs> Two broke trimbles could never. Nah, don't say that. Anyway, um, um, just on that the baby situation, someone, well, namely Dennis, he chose to highlight the fact that we said that the baby should be opening for vaults and Holy Ten. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? In Zim, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not implying that Vaults and Holy Ten are bigger than the baby. Not at all. They are in Zim. But in terms of relevance, in Zim right now, yeah. I, would, I, I'm, I think I stand uh, on my two feet and say that. Mm. Anyway, um, we've got some things to talk about this week. Phil, like we said, we're going to have a dense podcast, a lot of dope content. But we're not gonna not gonna make it too long because we're both super busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the people need the content. They need the content. So there's a lot of things to talk about this week. Uh, let's get straight into it. Your your fave, Oomst. Your your spec, you know, Phil. Wow. Okay. Look at you being problematic. What's my spec, there? I'm not being problematic. This is something that you've said mm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Your spec, Lizzo. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Damn, this, this Lizzo article taking up a lot of space on here. Okay, here we go. So, the, the, okay. prob- the problem Look, with you, Dennis, um, you've, never, you've never felt the love for being a woman. Oh, no, I have. Oh, I have. <laughs> it's glorious. I mean, once, once, once you've made it once, I mean, it's hard to go back. <laughs> I have. No, no, I have been there. I had no complaints. <laughs> but look, um, 
Lizzo had a wild week. Just in case, just just. To and take, I just so saw today. your mother in law still listens to the podcast, right? But she's not saying anything. Who's that? Your mother in law. Does she still listen to the podcast? Yes. Well, last I heard. Oh, okay. why? You you just you're just talking about your your your, your previous specs. Anyway, can you? Everyone has a past. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has a past. Even me. I'm not perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Lizzo has been sued by three of her former dancers who are accusing her of a series of wild allegations, including sexual harassment, uh, creating a hostile work environment, and fat shaming. Honestly, I think the fat shaming was just put in there for the extra spice. No, of course. That, that's what's going to get the clicks. That's, but it's also... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Because, you know, everybody going to read that and say, what? It's no secret Lizzo is a bigger woman and she's very she's very open about it and she's really been pushing a message of, um, you know, I, the world is, is, um, is too harsh on bigger women. And we just out here trying to live our lives. And I mean, Lizzo has always been an example I've used whenever I've had conversations with people about fat shaming or whatever. I'm like, no. Lizzo, for example, lives a very active life. She's very open about her diet and her exercise. And she just looks the way she looks. People have different bodies. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be sad about. People have different bodies. It is what it is. And Lizzo has always been this image of positivity and accepting each other and treating each other right. And why why are there so many haters? And you know what? Why can't we all just be kinder and better and whatever, whatever. So this really is quite a shock that uh, this this uh, civil suit is coming towards the three of her former dancers. Now, a lot of people might have not believed it. The problem is the moment this civil suit went public, so many people started coming out and saying, oh, y'all finally talking about Lizzo? Let me tell you what happened to me. Lizzo has a Me Too movement, like a personal Me Too movement, bruh. Fam, (laughs) at this point, I'm sorry. I mean, even if those three are lying, how do all these other people, including well-established people who we know have worked with her, people who are respectable. Um, there was um, uh, um, directors uh, in terms of music video director, I think like a documentary director, um, movie directors, and you know people with, with uh, a little bit of clout in society who have also come out and said, I'm not part of the suit, but let me tell you. Um, so yeah, mm. so uh, the claims are also wild. Apparently they were, uh, they were forced to engage in in sexual activities with, well, not sex, but like, you know, nude performers in, in, uh, in a club in Amsterdam, um, that they were getting all kinds of sexual, religious, and racial harassment, disability, discrimination, assault, false imprisonment, which I thought was a little bit dramatic when I read what it actually was, mm-hmm. as in the, the bodyguard didn't let you leave until they searched your phone. Still, that's not legal, but, you know, felt a little bit dramatic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, still these three dancers uh, are looking for damages. We haven't been told what they're looking for. And then, like I said, all these other people, like tons of people, I saw at least three or four who are unrelated to this case who also came out and said, this is what happened to me and this is what happened to me and this is what happened to me. And I saw that. I was not looking for this story. Everything I've learned about this Lizzo case has been against my will. And <laughs> against your will. I now imagine that there's probably a lot more. Yeah, by that I mean, as in I wasn't searching for it or looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, Lizzo put out a statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me me read select portions of it. 
just as an update. <sighs> and it comes in the tried and tested method of iOS notes press release. The best, the best case. That's how you prove your innocence. These last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointment, disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous to not be addressed. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. As an artist, I've always been very passionate about what I do. I take my music and my performances seriously because at the end of the day, I only want to put out the best art that re represents me and my fans. With passion comes hard work and high standards. Sometimes I have to make hard decisions, but it's never my intention to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as, important, as an important part of the team. I'm not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know that I'm not the villain that the people in the media have portrayed. I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I'm not. What happened with the bananas, Lizzo? Tell the truth. This is such a terrible statement. Because <laughs> it was totally, it's totally, it's totally, I'm, people are attacking me. Like, okay. You know what, Phil? If you are a good person for real. Dan starts, Dan starts a sentence and then decides this is the best time to take a bite out of chicken. It's not chicken. We're eating vegetarian. So vegetarian stir fry. Ah, yeah. Being a gone boy is tough, huh? It's delicious. <laughs> hey, being a gone boy is tough. <laughs> 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 anyway um, you know a lot of times we talk on the on the podcast Phil and I think a lot of people have responded to like our tips about marketing and PR so I just want to say if you genuinely are the good person who brings light to the world and you know assuming you're good I'm not talking about just like a normal average person if you're genuinely like a good person the way that she portrays herself to be this kind, these kind of allegations would be horrifying. Yep. Surely your response would be one of being horrified. Like, yo, guys, this not, is Defcon 1. Take not seat. being defensive. Mm. Damn, y'all lying on me, yet you knew that you was... I mean, guys, surely your, your, your statement should be, if I was handling PR for Lizzo, I would say, Lizzo, sit your ass down, and start writing a very short and simple statement. Not on notes. Write it on your X. Let's about to say Twitter. <laughs> the allegations that have come out this week have horrified me. I didn't realize that some people felt this way about me. I've never about me. I've never tried intentionally to do anything like this. Nor have I ever forced it. This, that's assuming it's true, of course. Mm -hmm. I've never forced anyone to do anything against their will. Neither have I ever uh, belittled people to my knowledge. But knowing that some people feel this way has really horrified me. So I'm going to make sure that we have a really strong investigation. I'm, gonna try, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to open up all my communication. You know, try to be as transparent as possible. To say, I really want someone to come and see. And 
maybe I'm maybe I'm in the wrong. Of course, I do understand that there's some legal issues here. So you don't want to be admitting guilt when you could potentially be going to court and all of that. So there would have to be a, a legal advisor would have to overlook that statement and make sure that the statement doesn't uh, say anything that in any way that can be construed as admitting guilt because then, you know, the opposing lawyers will use that in court. But for your public sentiment, you can't respond to such horrific allegations with, oh, how dare you? How dare you? It's all lies. If you are such a good person. So, yeah, I think I'm in, I'm, I'm in two minds and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm the bastard. So a lot of this lawsuit before, especially like the other people came out and started backing it up. And then one particular detail about um, the story in Amsterdam came out, which I'll get into in a bit. I was like, this sounds very aggrieved former employee-ish. You know what I mean? Like I've been fired, yeah. so now I'm 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 gonna do what I can. Cause it's it sounded very frivolous. Like com- complaining that you were there was a hostile work environment. Yes, it's not great, but that's everywhere almost. Complaining that you were injured to a grueling 12-hour dance rehearsal. Welcome to the music industry, buddy. You know what I mean? Even I don't know, Phil. Mm-mm. No, and, and let me let me finish. It may not be right. It may it genuinely may not be right, but it's commonplace. So yes, you can call out someone, and it's not like it's it's indefensible. I mean, it's not right, but it's not this person. It's not like it's it's something that's a detraction from what are normally accepted norms. And this is partly why I think the music industry should be striking with the writers, but that's a story for another day because there is no union for, for like dances and backup performance, for example. There's that. Then even the story with like the sex club where the, the backstory is um, the dancers were in Amsterdam. They went to um, a sex club in the red light district. So now as more details emerge, it turns out that they didn't know they were going to a sex club. They got to the sex club People were drinking. One of the, the accusers then says that they felt pressured to take shots and to touch um, one of the dancers because there were chants. And the way it's described is very dramatic, like shots, 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 shots. Which, in retrospect, it, it sounds like a night out. You know what I mean? Then the, there was an additional detail that came out later about dancers being forced or coerced into catching projectiles being shot from the vagines of some of these performers and having to eat a protruding banana. And that's what I was like, okay, now we've crossed over, you know, into a very harassery type area. However, all that being said, I don't know Lizzo from a can of paint. Um, I, I take no pleasure in, in, in hearing about this. I mean, I liked her music. She's done some weird things, but she also makes some great music and she seemed to be a nice person. And I think as a society, we also need to find the fine line between who is um, a hard worker slash, slash drill sergeant and who's a bad person. Because something similar happened with Ellen, remember, a few years back. But famously, Steve Jobs, for example, was a horrible person, horrible boss, but he got stuff done. And I don't know, what do you think the ramifications are going to be for a career? 
I think it it very much depends on her moves next. Um, because part of, okay, let's be honest. I mean, she had fun music, but it's not like she's an, um, like an incredible singer with a unique voice that, you know what I mean? Mm. Part of her whole appeal was the brand that she had painted. I think, I think you're correct, but I think you also, you also forget like Lizzo was now occupying a certain tier of pop stardom that is not only rarefied air, it requires an incredible amount of investment to get to that level. Mm-hmm. And there are people who stand to lose millions from this. Like there are organizations that stand to lose millions from this. And they're not just going to be like, oh, well, I guess we made a bad bet. And just let, like we've seen artists do us, like Johnny Depp is like, he's, he's, he's headlining campaigns right now. We're talking about Chris Brown, whatever you believe about his issues, Chris Brown is still touring, like selling out stadiums. There are people who've done far worse than this. But here's the difference, Phil. Mm. Johnny Depp's supporters are the people who are looking for reasons to not believe women. Not all of them, of course. Some of them are just fans of his movies. And I think with movies, it's far easier to separate uh, craft from the person, I think. But I could be wrong. Um, Chris Brown, again. Chris Brown is a little bit weird because I think most of his fans are really young and they probably don't care about deeper things like that. Look, it's going to be interesting to see. When you stop and you think about it, right? I, I know where you're going with this. And I definitely do think there's a contingent of Lizzo fans who are black women who saw themselves being represented and they love that. And who also espouse certain values about inclusivity and fairness and kindness and feminism. You're very right. But I, I, I hope, okay. But Dan, I think the, the thing we also need to remember is sometimes your desire to be entertained supersedes your desire to reflect certain values that you might think you have. Philip, I agree with you. Why are we all still on Twitter? Exactly. Even though the owner of Twitter himself is busy talking about white genocide. Okay. So, the point that you brought up is very interesting. That, um, will this affect her career? I think it will affect it, but it will not end it. I think it will. Mm-hmm. It, I think it will be a blip, mm-hmm. and maybe the, the the because, fam, she was she was even there were people the people who were supporting her were like going extra, you know, the Beyonces of this world and so on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that extra push that she had from people that was more than just the the labels and so on, kind of stops. So she's still going to be a big star, but you mm-hmm. know, Beyonce removed her name from her song in like her last two performances, which is crazy. Did she? No, she didn't. She did. She removed. And, oh yeah, she did. And then she, and then she double mentioned Erica Badu because Erica Badu was was accusing Beyonce of copying her style. I don't think that was the reason. I think she was just filling up the space. But anyway, but, um, but at that like look, the timing of that talk. Well, Beyonce <laughs> Beyonce does not do anything by happenstance. Please. I think there's I think there's two there's two issues that this Lizzo story brings up. And as much as I don't like to get into like celebrity gossip too deep and whatever, I do think overall in general, you know, Phil and myself have been paying attention to the media industry as a whole, the culture, the industry, the, the business, um, 
the relationship between fans and artists. I think one of the first things that I really want to highlight is just the importance of having an element of realism in your fandom. Imagine fans of Lizzo whose entire personality, life, and so on is built around their fave. Who they actually don't know from a can of paint. All they know are the answers that they've heard on interviews, the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. the bio that they read on her website, what? the little snippets that come out on radio interviews. What they That's all they know lyrics. about her and they've built. And then now, your whole life is such deep fandom of this artist. It's, it's just another reminder. That, so now, what are you going to do now? You've defended Lizzo to the death. Now what? You, How far? You, you die in your sword. You keep defending. These are liars. <laughs> Double down. Double These down. Are detractors. Nah, she's just, she's just got standards. Also, oh yeah, that's the other thing that you mentioned. Like, sometimes drawing the line between a drill charge and double standards and, you know, someone who's actually harassing and so on. I think that somewhat also is the problem. Um, bro, we're all human beings. We're doing, you hire me to do a job, but we're both adults. You have to treat me with respect. Mm-hmm. I don't care you have high standards, you're trying to reach a goal. Cool. If I, don't, if I don't match your standards, we end our business relationship. You can find someone who matches your standards. You can make demands. No problem. This is what I expect, but we have to respect each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't buy that. No, you know, uh, maybe I just want results. So that's why I'm a bit hard on people. You don't have to be hard. Demand your results. If you don't get your results, you end the business relationship. Mm-hmm. Or the, if there's pre-agreed penalties for not reaching results, those are applied. But we are both adults. Maybe I have kids and you have kids. I have people that look up that you're not better than me because you hired me. It's just the current structure that we live in. Mm. So I don't, I'm, I don't buy the whole, sorry, I'm a hard ass because I demand results. I'm sorry for screaming at you. No, you're a terrible person. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the same with, it's the same with Steve Jobs. It's the same. And I, I mean, I say that as well, also knowing that I have some people that I, I am in charge of and sometimes I may have not handled things the best way always. We're all imperfect and so on. I, I, and, you know, I'd like to apologize for that. If there's anyone listening right now who's thinking, but Dan. Nah, Dan's but preempting general, the tweets because he knows. Ah, ha. I'm like, hey, hey, look who's talking. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't believe this man was just saying. In general, I've tried my best to, to, even if I'm your boss or I am paying you, you're an adult and I respect you. Mm-hmm. I try. I try at least. Sometimes maybe I fall short. But I think, I don't think it's an excuse to say, like she said in her in her in her um, notes statement or apology or whatever it is that um, you know, in an effort to bring the best results, whatever I have high standards that I demand. Yeah, you can. You you are very well within your rights to demand high standards. If if someone doesn't meet your standards, you're out. Or if you don't meet my standards, I'm going to expect such and such from you. But that doesn't mean we disrespect each other. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I see it. Amen, my brother. So, so to me, that's not an excuse, and I, I don't I don't think that's it, just as she put in her statement there. I don't think that's a valid thing to say. If someone says, "I feel like I was harassed," then clearly something went wrong. There is the small possibility that these are just people who are trying to get a buck because you know they were 
you know, there's, I mean, I mean, people are weird. There's always people who, who are clearly in the wrong, but they, you know, they double down because they really want to justify to themselves that they're not in the wrong. So they start lying. And, and, and I know that exists. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. But the fact that everyone be saying this, nah, nah. And you know what's, do you know another thing that's telling? Again, like I said, I haven't looked deep into this issue, but I have not yet come across anyone who says, no, hang on, let me defend my girl Lizzo. I think also people are smart these days. You 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 don't want to, so many people have been burned, so many people have been proven wrong. And even like, we've had these discussions in like at our level where we're like, ah, if you get roasted, I'm sorry. Take the roasting. I'll I'll back you up in private. Like the smart thing to do is you leave the person you're roasting. Come on, Queen. I can't believe they're saying this about you, man. That's so messed up. <laughs> you you won't come over. You know what I mean? Look, I mean, uh, surely there would have been someone, one of her former dancers or current dancers or former business partners, would be like, "Listen, I worked with Lizzo and she was nothing but respectful to me. All I've heard is me too. Yeah, with me as well. So." As I, I know more information is likely to come out, so maybe I will change my view. But as I stand right now, and I think guilty. This shows this shows the strategic folly of, of, of listen, 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 listen. And anyone else who's listening, you always need to have at least one or two hangers on for this very purpose. Just one or two individuals who you keep throwing in money at, give them access. You know, one or two Dolce & Gabbana dresses and so forth. Just just so they know. Listen, guys, but me, I've been protecting. You know what I mean? Even if it's pretty obvious you're on the take, at least there's a, there's, there's, there's a dissenting voice that you can shove out in front of the media. But like when you were, no one, like no one has your back though. Like nobody has your back. Not even her cousins so, or something. Not even her family. Not, not even her grandma or someone has just come out of the world like, not my baby. My baby would never do that. <laughs> you know what So, I, I, actually, I can't even say it because it, it's, it's funny, but like, weirdly enough, I saw him, I, I bumped into him like a few times this weekend. But in fact, screw it. Remember there was a time, but I got a raw good day. Remember, remember there's a time there's someone who got beat up at his house. Like he let someone into his house yes, and yes, he got yes, wired. Yes, yes. And then he, <laughs> and, the, and then his father came out. And the father saw ah, his side is getting wired. And the father didn't even try to stop it. He's like, oh, you put him? Okay, cool. I'm going back inside. This is not, this is not my business. <laughs> and then the next day, like the whole of Twitter was just piling on him saying, ah, good butter. I'm based on ones. And we were like, sure, but not even one person has been like, sure, but guys, not this guy. Not, not even to say, like, that was wrong, but like, but guys, you know, the way you went about it, you went to his house, this is the third. Like, no one said anything to the as a counter-narrative. And people were just like, yo, I think that's the, the biggest indictment of all, is that even though we're like, mm, this wasn't exactly the best way for something to be handled, but the fact that no one is even interested in in, like, defending you, it's kind of indicative of a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, so, so here, the other thing, the other thing I was going to mention about this, uh, uh, the whole story is things get sensationalized for clicks. So Lizzo is by far not the first person to be accused of another person. You remember when, uh, what's her name? Um, Lesbian 
lesbian talk show host. I just mentioned it. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. When she also had the same situation, it was almost just as sens- sensationalized. It's because there's a certain corner of the internet mm-hmm. who are bigots who are just waiting. Mm-hmm. They just need, see, we told you. Mm-hmm. And I, th- th- that's why I also feel bad. Like, I feel a little bit bad. But apart from that, I'm like, yeah, good butter. Um, well, did you fair, see, speaking of sensationalized, listen to this, listen to this. Lizzo is being represented by Hollywood lawyer Marty Singer mm-hmm. for her harassment case. Singer's clientele ranges from a variety of stars, including Bill Cosby, Johnny Depp, Charlie Sheen, Chris Brown, Brett Ratner, and Karen. Ah, stop that! They want to stop. You no, no, no. I refuse. You are lying. No, you're lying. Daniel. This is a hit job. Daniel, you're lying. You're lying. I'm no. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Lizzo for following for for following the guidelines step by step of how to look guilty when accused. She's like terrible no, press statements. Obviously, he's a Hollywood lawyer. He's obviously represented a ton of people, but they just made sure they mentioned the guilty. <laughs> ah, no, ah, at this point, I'm a jack. I'm not even. Ah, <laughs> I check that list. Blue Crosby, I check. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how good you are. It could have been Johnny Cochran, bruh. If Johnny Cochran was still alive, I check. I <laughs> Lizzo, it's not looking good right now. Lizzo, listen, 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 Lizzo. I know, I, um, I know for a few people. I know you 100%. I know, I know, I know a few people from Warner who might be able to like elevate this granted. Inzoi, guys. I, you are guys, Inzoi. It's not looking good, eh? I mean, if you need some consultative advice, we are here to help. You know, we are here to help. Yes, with our, with our in-depth knowledge of Hollywood and <laughs> American audiences, we are here mm-hmm. for you. And plus-size women. <laughs> so, look, just to, to wrap this all up, I just want to say, obviously, we don't have every single bit of detail, but right now, gil- guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Definitely looking that way, firstly. Secondly, <laughs> you know what I did? Do you know who I do you know who I blame for this actually, Phil? I blame Beyonce. Oh no. That seems like a radical statement, but let me explain. Beyonce has cultivated this image of a perfectionist who demands the best. She's fired people for stepping out of line. In fact, it's a it's a given joke. That if something goes wrong at one of her shows, ooh, somebody getting fired tonight. Everyone, it's a, it's a standard meme. So everyone wants to be Beyonce. And now, in their air quotes, pursuit of the standard of air quotes, perfectionism. Look, look what's happening. You see what's happening. That's why I blame Beyonce. I'm not saying she did anything wrong. I'm just saying I blame her. Oh, wow. Did you, did you watch that show? Did you did you watch that Chloe Bailey getting backshots show? <laughs> I don't have Amazon Prime. I couldn't find this. I didn't bother. Did you find? Did you watch it? Yeah. No. No. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um. I actually. Someone told me that after that scene, it, there's nothing worth watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, well. I don't want to watch that scene either, so mm. just leave it like that. 
Hey, how are you doing, mother-in-law? Hope you're good. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> listen, there's a couple of, of Gagaga stories that uh, might be interesting worth mentioning. Uh, there was a story that was trending on Twitter that I just really <laughs> want to mention because someone put it up in our in our in our uh, Patreon group. Somalia has suspended a sports official for nepotism <laughs> after a novice sprinter was allowed to compete in an international. Ah, guys, no, novice sprinter. You guys, I, uh, guys, guys, guys. Words mean things. <laughs> words mean things. Novice, fam. This woman has not run since primary school. The only thing that woman has run is her mouth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> last thing she had running was the after she had skin sour noodles at the airport. Nah, you are no no odds, odds guys. It's uh, the last uh, running she saw. <laughs> so please just just search Somalia Sprint. So anywhere online you'll find it's the most elite. Do you know what this it's, is? It's obviously it's it's do you know what Dan? Actually, this would be in a whole tip segment because actually Dan not. When you start to think about it, my brother, listen, for far too long, our African brothers and sisters have been dominating their track and field, especially the Somalis, the Ethiopians, the Kenyans. Do you see, do you see, do you see the plan, Dan? Do you see what they were doing as a deliberate attempt to destabilize our confidence in our athletic abilities? They put in the sleeper agent. To embarrass not only her country, but the continent and the people, my brother. Because who won that race? Hmm. Think about it. Nah, my brother. Nah, my brother. I got I got a separate, I got a separate theory. Hmm. For too long, the white man has classified the Africans, the black man, the people of color, as being good for nothing else but physical, running, sport. They have continually painted themselves as the intellectuals, the clever ones, the ones who think strategically. Whereas the Africans, the black men, the, the people of color are nothing more than beasts mm. with physical prowess. So I would counter that our African brothers have decided to turn that theory on its head by showing that we have absolutely no prowess on the field whatsoever. It's so bad. No, seriously, you guys have to watch that video. <laughs> It's it's the world university world university games in China. The world is being represented. The gun goes off. Pah! The sprinters take off. And she is running. Like like why are you running? Why are you running? She she it is the record slowest time anyone has ever taken. She took twice as long as the winner to finish 100 meters. That means she, when the winner hit the hundred meter mark, she was at the fifty meter mark. So, yeah, her name's yeah. Nazra from Somalia. It turns out it was nepotism. Someone sent their daughter. Nah, 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 nah. I think there was also rumors of. I actually let me not talk about the rumors. I'll talk about what's what's um, what's um, confirmed. But it was basically um, the chairwoman of the Somali Athletics Federation. Who abused her power and sent uh, and sent this person? But, we do not hear what the but, connection is. Do you know what I don't, no do official do, confirmation as to who the I, runner is and whatever, whatever. I, I, yeah. mm. I don't understand. What'd you hear? Mm. I understand nepotism. I understand But what I don't understand is the lack of thinking 
Because <laughs> how dumb are you? Do you you do know there are cameras at this event, right? This isn't your high school son's inter school athletics. You know what I mean? This is even if it was, what why would you, I don't understand why would you you know what why I mean? would nepotism be used on the for run. you to run in a you know race I mean? when you can't run? There's so many other you could make up a you could make them a coach. You you could make them a nutritionist. You could make them a fake physiotherapist. You there are so many positions you could make if you just wanted to give them a job or get them a visa or let them travel. Some there's so many other options. Let's let's say let's just say you came second or third in the qualifying race, then you go and use nepotism and corruption to be the one selected, even though you were not first. That I understand. You can sell the dream of listen. I was just having an off day. I know I can do better. Or even if I don't do better, it's fine. At least you'll be I'll, somewhat I'll competitive. Like, you know what I mean? You can be slow, but at least people will be like, okay, that's a runner. They, they, they are yeah, slow. Like, I know, Somalia didn't do so well this year. They are, no, they are slow, but they are runners. You know what I mean? The runners in Somalia are not good, <laughs> but clearly this person trains. But <laughs> fam, when you pitch up to a race, these are athletes who have dedicated their lives. Those women have muscles, striations. And your muscle striations are that means your body fat is so low. We can see the, the visual fibers of the muscle. You know what I mean? These women are jacked. And you pitch up there with 70% body fat. Huh? Just, so, just Why are you being a lizard? Just no, a okay. muffin top jiggling all over the track. <laughs> <laughs> Even the track was confused. Fam, when have you ever seen a muffin top on a racetrack? I mean, guys, come on. You know what? Okay, let's be real. If she had rolled, the end would have been faster. And she, she's built for it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We'd like to apologize for everyone who's listening. Sometimes we get carried away. Uh, <laughs> let me just read a prepared statement that we have. <laughs> we are shocked and appalled at these accusations. <laughs> we just have high standards for a podcast. And we don't want our work ethic, morals, and respectfulness to be questioned. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. No, no, wait. Before we move on, before we move on. Uh, so then, who's, who's worse? <clears throat> this woman. Okay. Or, or Eric the Eel. Remember Eric the Eel? Hey, I remember Eric the Eel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Eric the eel was bad, but he wasn't this bad. <laughs> he wasn't this bad. <laughs> Eric the eel at le- at least he had like he, he was. If you if you if you don't remember the story, maybe you're too young. Let me actually quickly pull it up to get the dates. Um, back in the 2000 Olympics, <laughs> there was a there was a young man named Eric Musambani. Who made his lone Olympic appearance at the games in Sydney? <laughs> this 22 year old representing Equatorial Guinea. He trained hard. He carried himself with honor. He put forth his best effort during his one race. <laughs> the thing is, he was a token invitation by the International Olympic Committee to generate interest in various sports in developing countries. So, you know, he was invited. They knew he wasn't an athlete. They were like, hey, man, do you want to compete? It was meant to be a whole. Publicity gimmick thing. Ah, uh, they, they used our man. Ah, uh, they used our man for comic <laughs> relief, bro. Once again, Dan, 
We cannot let ourselves be distracted <laughs> by the evil intentions of the powers that be. <laughs> he says, when I saw the swimming pool for the first time, that was the first time I had seen a 50-meter pool. My man, my, my, man first- my man only started swimming four weeks before that, and he'd only ever trained in a 20-meter pool. At least he trained, Phil. What the, when did you think this, <laughs> this girl started training? We're just learning how to walk. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, moving oh, forward. Oh god! Ooh, Speaking of uh, funny, funny stories, funny. so holy holy ten <laughs> was this uh... <laughs> Saturday? Tell us. <laughs> so holy ten, holy ten was in the UK performing at Zimfest, right? <sighs> Near the front of the crowd was none other than Olinda, who was loving the performance. Ah, she, right. makes a, uh, she's, yeah, she, do, she makes a she makes a conversation a spe- about Olinda one day, but yeah, not today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not today. If there's someone, she, she opens up her purse. Who doesn't like? Who, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to go a week? It's for nonsense. Like she has children, right? Like she has kids. Like so, you know, they say clout is a drug, man. Anyway, so Olinda. Makes sure she's being filmed, opens up her purse, and takes out a wad of cash. Pounds! Maybe euros. I don't know. I didn't pay close attention. And then she hands them to Holy Ten as he's performing onto the stage. Mm. My man gratefully accepts it. He doesn't miss a beat. He keeps on rapping. Turns around. He sees the other person that he's on stage with, Michael Maggs. Uh, up and coming, doing his thing. Recently been featured on several Holy Ten songs. It's actually just released a song of his that we'll, we'll drop a bit later, which is... I actually quite like it. Um, anyway... Hands over this this wad of money to my mans. Obviously, hey, hold on to this cash. We just got some cash. Mm. Michael Maggs is caught up in the moment. Without blinking, my He's guy. A rapper, Without blinking. Performing on stage in the UK. Takes that money and throws it into the crowd. <laughs> and then the funniest part is only 10 sees what's happening. And he looks at it. <laughs> pauses. You can see he was like, what the? Like, what the hell, man? Holy couldn't even go. Like, like, you have to watch the video in real time. You see the shock, the dismay, then the anger. Then you see him walking, like he's like he tries to keep performing. Then you realize I can't keep performing, and he just starts walking and like shakes his head, and he just keeps walking. He's just like you dumb mf, and he just keeps walking back. He's like ah guys, I need a moment. Now to budget, I got to budget a few my pampas rent. I don't cover. I want to see if I have Holy Jen's number, but. I mean. <laughs> I've got an old number that's no longer online. <laughs> you didn't get live commentary. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna call him. He wouldn't recognize me, but but I'm like, hey man. No, actually, he would because he followed me on Twitter. Yeah, I don't have his current number, but man, that was hilarious. <laughs> he took the money and tossed it into the audience. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> I mean, look, guys. Um, sometimes when you watch music videos, you must be aware that they're using Monopoly money. Mm-hmm. Or they are multimillionaires. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't want to... Like, what? Anyway, you get caught up in the moment, I suppose. It is what it is. 
I want to try and see. So, so Michael Meggs had a, he said something about it. I want to try and find it. Did he say something basically because the, the Twitter yeah, account he, and the other account he said aren't his. He said, he came out and said, those are my accounts. No, he, he was being interviewed. He was being interviewed. Oh, uh, I want to try one, and find I, it. Oh, that, was, that video he did with um, Cody Ranks. What's his name? Not Cody, yeah. Marshall Ranks. What's his name? Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Marshall. Marshall Rank. Rank. Cody Rank Marshall. Mm. Cody Ranks. Token white guy. That guy, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I can't find the video. It doesn't matter. But the point is, that was a funny thing that happened. Moving on. Um, there's some music to review. Phil. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to SOTC? I know you didn't. That's why I'm putting you on blast. Of course I did. Great. So, uh, we had promised that we were going to review the album. Mm-hmm. We are going to give some feedback mm-hmm. to this album that's been all round, you know, doing its thing, doing its thing. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are your thoughts? I think storytellers of the culture. Actually, I actually like the concept. I like the vibe. I need to give it a few more listens because I only give, I almost I've given it two listens. I want to give it some proper listens. As I've explained to you, Dan, I've had some Zesak ones. So I haven't really had a chance. I've given it the, the headphone test, but I need to give it the studio mm-hmm. monitor test. Of course. All right. All right. Before speaking about it. Mm-hmm. But, no, I understand. I understand. Um, well, we want to give a huge shout out to Mukudze. Shout out to Zazese Media. But I think and, uh, I think Pisa is my joint. I like Pisa. And also, the, the patrons were enjoying it. Uh, one of our patrons was... Yeah, someone mentioned Pisa in the patron group. So we dropped that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, have we jumped already? We, so we're not discussing Travis. What about Kadi Bienehim? Okay, let's talk about that real quick. Um, so, there's there seems to be this this wave going across America of um, concert goers throwing things at the the artists, and I now I now realize. I mean, I know what it is. It's um, it's a whole. It's again, it's the same thirst for clout. You know what I'm saying? People want to make that viral TikTok video or whatever it is. Anyway, um, one of the one of the more recent situations where that happened was a Cardi B concert. Uh, there was a lady who was um, close to the front of the stage while Cardi B was performing, and then she throws her drink up at Cardi B. Cardi B, without missing a beat, takes her mic, throws it at her, hits her in the head. Excellent aim, uh, and you can see in the video the lady who threw the drink is now like, sorry, 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 sorry. You know, she's, she's apologizing to Cardi for throwing it. My question is, why did you throw it in the first place? Like, what was your... Well, te- technically, what she, was was the plan? she was instructed to by Cardi. So, here's the, the context that I think that came out in Dips and Drabs. Two songs before that, Cardi was twerking and she was encouraging fans to spray, like strip club culture. So, but I think also context matters because two songs ago, when she gave you the consent to pour water on her and she was prepared for it, it was okay. I don't know why you caught the memo later and then you just did it like so because clearly I can understand like context switching or whatever and maybe you're not the brightest bulb on, on, on the lamp, but context does matter. So there's that. So she's not completely like coming out of left field. I think it was just poorly timed, ill-timed and ill-thought out. But 
there's a, there's two other things to consider. There's obviously Cardi's getting sued by two people now because it ricocheted and hit someone else. Also, why is she throwing the mic when there's security there that leaves security to do their job? The, but the other thing is just like, like as an artist, when do you think it's time to stop to leave the, the neighborhood behind you? Because Cardi's, I think Cardi's worth probably close to $100 million. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Like, when you're that valuable, why are you still having public fights with your husband on social media? And then making up. And then doing a song release. Why are you still throwing mics at people? At your caliber? Do you think Beyonce would throw a mic at someone then? I mean, Lizzo, we have the answer, yes. But Beyonce? <laughs> um, Beyonce would not, obviously. Um, Cardi B has repeatedly shown that she's... This is why she keeps having lawsuits and she keeps getting in battery and assault charges and all of that because she's refusing to leave the hood behavior uh, even though she's out of it. But... I think that's a, I know you kind of dismissed it as, you know, a couple of songs earlier, she was giving consent. And then I don't, I feel like we're, we're putting flowery words around a lot of things. There's no one in that moment who thought that it would be okay to throw something. At no. Them. And I get, that's what I'm saying. Like, even without that context, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shoot this woman some form of bail to say like, mm. okay, you know what? Maybe if you're a couple sandwiches short of a picnic basket, you'd think it was okay to throw the thing, but it's not right. So, that's your defense, and but that's it's the not, only it's, defense it, I can it, offer. It, and even in that thing, it's, so it's. I don't. I, I even so when I saw it, when I initially saw it, I was like, "Yeah, good butter," and I still kind of feel like, "Yeah, good butter," because you're so qu- quickly apologetic before the microphone was even thrown. You knew you'd messed up. You knew you'd done something wrong. You you probably got caught up in the moment. You may be drunk. Lord knows what whatever. But then I'm also just like, "Yeah, it's good." Yeah, Cardi B is also. Like, she's stupid for doing that, man. Why do you got security? They'll handle it. But no, you got to be a real ass, down ass. Okay, all right. Now you got another lawsuit. <sighs> um, yeah, because, yeah, she's being, she's being, yeah, she's going to be facing this, this lawsuit. Um, they'll sell a lot of court. But then, like, and you know, you know, the funny thing is, like, I don't know if you saw the video. There's a video that Cardi posted a couple of months ago, which is like, yo, I've got this Lamborghini truck. I haven't driven it, it's just covered in dust. I've got this Rolls Royce. I haven't driven it, it's just covered in dust. Well, that's the man. I haven't driven it, it's just covered in dust. At this point, you're just giving these people your cars. Like, <laughs> just because you're going well, to be real. You want to be real when keeping it real goes wrong. Um, but, but So what I was going to mention is, it's. I mean, it seems to be a recent phenomenon in the States, right? Because recently, BB Rexa, you remember she, someone threw something at her on stage and she got a black eye from it. Mm. Same with Harry Styles. He also got hit in the head with something with his uh, concert goers. Um, if you remember that Dell was a concert, there was a viral video of her saying, have you noticed that people are starting to throw things? I dare you. I dare you. Uh, you and stuff like that. So it mm, seems to be a thing. Did you see Alicia Keys' son it may, the past two nights yeah. at her concert? <laughs> My man's just standing saw, there. It's like, you remember, keep playing. Keep playing. Watch out. Keep this is my mother. Keep playing. <laughs> but then it made me it made me think that it's such a big news item in the States, but 
Phil, let's be real. In Zimbabwe, people been throwing things <laughs> on stage at the artists. No, but I think the problem is America is a civilized country. <laughs> quote, unquote. Mm, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, right, you're sorry. If I, hadn't th- I hadn't thought about that mm, part. You're right. You got to think about it that way then. No, but I think it's also, as you mentioned, it's, it's because America is such a litigious country, one. There's so much liability on both sides, too. And there's so much security. So, and there's so many cameras out. It's not like you're going to throw and then duck for cover and no one's going to know who threw that. Like, you're immediately going to be identified. And that's the nonsense. Like, I can understand the, the trend of fans throwing phones. I, don't, I can understand it. I think it's stupid, but I can understand it. You know what I mean? People that want to throw yeah. their phones, person picks up the phone, takes a video, gives it back. That I get. This like the Harry Styles thing. It was a coin, right? Like, I, that I don't get. Why? And it's, there's a joke. I can't remember whose joke it was. Um, there was, I think it was Josh Jordan. But Josh, I think it was Josh Jordan. He's got this incredible joke about, yo, do you guys understand? Like one of the, re- like when people complain about social media and bullying on social media, they're not exaggerating. And his comparison is, today, if I hate Dan, all I have to do is know Dan's social media. And I'll open my Twitter account or my Instagram. I'll go to his page and I'll tell him, Dan, I hate you. You suck. And there's a very high likelihood Dan will open his phone and see that message from me and know that Phil thinks he sucks. And that's going to affect him. And I'm not the only person. There's going to be thousands, maybe even millions of Phil's. If I hated Marvin Gaye, like if I hated Marvin Gaye back in the day, I'd have to figure out where's Marvin Gaye going to be. Then I'd have to spend money and buy a ticket to a Marvin Gaye show. And then I'd have to get really good seats. Because I can't, I, can't, I can't hate on Marvin Gaye from the nosebleeds. I'm, now I'm getting like front row seats for Marvin Gaye. Then I've got to go all, spend all that money, go all the way to the Marvin Gaye show, deal with the cues, get to the front of the line, get to the front of the show. And then wait for all the opening acts to get on stage and get off stage. And then wait for Marvin Gaye to come on stage. And then I've got to time it right. I've got to wait for there to be a lull in the performance. And then while there's quiet, shout, I hate you, Marvin Gaye. And then I've got to hope he hears me. And then if he turns around and he looks sad, I'm like, yes, I've done it. And then I leave. And I think that's the problem. We've made it too, too easy to access celebrities. That's why people are doing these funnies. Well, I suppose if if you're doing it in person at the show, then I guess you put some effort into it. But you, the thing is, she's at the show enjoying herself. She's probably a fan of Cardi B. You know what I mean? She is. Like I said, I think she, she just got drunk. And she just sometimes we do stupid things. Like sometimes we all do moment. stupid yeah, things. That's sometimes. sometimes you get a little too excited, get a little taken away in the moment. You know, it happens. But. Eh. That is true. That is true. All right. Um, look, let's talk about uh, We Outside. Mm, are we going then? Are we going, are we going to the outside. Enoch album launch? With the mascots? Excuse launching his album this weekend. Exquisite. It's on Saturday, isn't it? You said no, tomorrow, no, but it's on Saturday. Oh, so, I can't oh. do Saturday. Saturday, I'm watching Barbie. Oh, you're watching Barbie. I'm going to watch MI5. I just need to find a headband. <laughs> apparently, apparently we're going dressed up. Oh my god! Wow, guys, pray, pray for, pray for Dan. Like, 
no, you, you, my 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 European friends invited me. You know the, those ones, so they they like to they like to take things very seriously. Wait, which? They're my European friends, the husband and wife. Oh, those ones. Yeah, yeah, they 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 like to take things very seriously. So. I'm actually excited. I'm looking forward to watching Barbie this weekend. So yeah, if that's when XQ's album launches, then sorry. But if it's on Friday, be- look, maybe. I believe it was August. You know, I'm a he said August fourth. He said August fourth. Is it August fourth? Yes, yeah, Let me see what is what his socials say. August fourth. Hey. Uh, exquisite. Excuse Mr. Pudity. Album launch. It says five August, seven arts. Oh, dang. Okay. Why seven arts, man? I look. Anyway. Well, congratulations to XQ releasing his uh, latest album. Uh, it's going to be called Enoch. Enoch, the album, coming out on uh, Saturday this week. So when it comes out, we will listen to it and give you a review of XQ's latest album. Speaking of Barbie, Barbie is now the highest grossing film by a female director approaching a Billy, directed by Greta Gerwig. Mm. Mm. Oh, very interesting. Dan, here's a question. Just about to hit a Billy. Here's a question. If four years ago I came here and I told you, yo, what's going to be the highest movie directed by a woman? The Eternals or Barbie? Which one would you have said? Okay, to be fair, I'm not going to act like I knew about The Eternals before the movie started coming out. But if you had told me a Marvel movie about da 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 then I might have with the, with, with, the, with the star cast I might have thought Wonder Blee. Woman. <laughs> I would have thought Wonder Woman. Yeah. Interesting. Let's, let's see. Do we have a bit of time? Do we have a bit of time? I don't know if we can. We've got a bit of time. So, Phil, okay. <clears throat> Let's just get a little bit into our nerdy bag. Do we have and time? Let me just pull up the facts here so I don't lie. Mm-hmm. So, um, while we're on the movies and TV segment, Phil and I have both spoken about this, but we haven't really gotten into it in the podcast. Marvel has fallen off, right? So, we'll talk about Marvel in a second. But DC is doing a hard reset, right? So, DC have hired James Gunn to be the um, Kevin Feige of the DC Universe. So basically, James Gunn, who is an excellent director, he, he did all the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, and I, I would say that all three of them have been very good, like some of, the, some of the, 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 the best of the Marvel movies. So anyway, he's now heading the DC Universe. Mm. Speaking of, uh, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy it. this weekend. Yo. Those scenes with the lab really affected me in a way I wasn't expecting to be affected. I, I did not enjoy watching that at all. It was good, right? Would you? It was good, right? It was good, but why? Would, I, 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 like the anger and pain I felt. Yeah, like, I, why, I, I, why, I, no, I didn't like that, but it was good. It was good. It was, I, good. I, it was good. It was nice to have a Marvel movie that you're like, ah, this is good. I like it. Anyway, the point is DC is doing a hard reset. So the whole Henry Cavill, Superman, Ben Affleck, Batman, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Ezra Miller, The Flash, who, hey, that movie flopped. But I watched the movie. Thankfully. It actually, all the controversy aside, it actually wasn't a bad movie, in my opinion. 
the the VFX. I know uh, the director came out and said what he was trying to go for. I didn't think it worked. So the v, I, I think the VFX were a little bit weird. But the movie was quite solid. The story was was pretty solid. Mm. It's obvious all the other stuff that was around the movie made it flop. But anyway, that's besides the point. My point is, the DC Extended Universe is getting a hard reset. It's no longer going to be the DCEU. It's going to be the DCU headed by James Gunn. Um, the first movie that James Gunn is going to be overseeing that's coming out down the line is a, Super Me- a Superman movie. It's going to be called Superman Legacy. Uh, I believe it's an animated movie, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. No, that's a lie. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a live action movie. Um, Superman Legacy. So that's going to be the first movie under James Gunn. Uh, he has said, however, that the first movie that's in the new continuity is Blue Beetle, um, which seems to be struggling a little bit. But yeah, that's going to be the, the continuity, but it's not, it wasn't under James Gunn's uh, vision for the new rebooted DC universe. News came out this week that Gal Gadot will return in the rebooted universe as Wonder Woman. <laughs> James Cavill like, must have thrown his TV at the screen. What the hell, man? Now, don't get me wrong. Gal Gadot is a beautiful white woman. Can she act? I don't know. I mean... No, she can't. She's a little bit one. She can't. She cannot act. She cannot speak. Yeah. She's like like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone without the charisma. Which is... Which she can get by on her... Because she is... Like, she's quite pretty. She can get by in a very one-dimensional way. But anyway, I don't think we need our Wonder Woman to be the most amazing actor or whatever. They just need to to really carry the the, the charisma of the of the uh, of the person. I think Gal Gadot was fine, but if you're, it's obvious that the DC Extended Universe has failed for all manner of reasons. The the Black Adam and and Suicide Squad and uh, all, you know Shazam and all of that. Even though some of them had a little bit of promise, you know. Uh, what's his name? Zachary Levi as Shazam. I thought he was perfect casting for that kind of playful character. But the, the Black the Adam young the Shazam rock, made no great sense. Casting. Like the, there was no continuity between characters. They're like it was like two different people. Very weird. So exactly, uh, Shazam one and two, the movies. You're, you're so right. Anyway, my point is, it's so clear that the DCEU has failed. When I heard that they're doing a hard reset, bam. My favorite superhero characters have always been from the DC universe. So it, it hurt me that the DCEU sucked so much. Batman is my favorite superhero character of all time. It hurt me that, you know, and I thought Batfleck wasn't, te- wasn't terrible. I felt like he, he had what it took to be a good Batman, but the movies just didn't. Uh. And then when they, and then, you know, now there's separate universe, right? This is not the DCEU, the separate universe. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Vampire Man. Vampire Man, Batman. <laughs> Phil, you know, what's his name? Vampire Man, Batman. Kristen, Christ, Christ, Kristen Stewart was dating Blah Blah from Twilight. What's his name? Oh my God. Okay. Batman. You mean Morpheus? Morbius? Morbus? No, man. The, the actor who plays Batman. Uh, oh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, Glitterface, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's all right, but he's obviously out of universe. Maybe he's the one who's going to be in James Gunn's Batman. I hope so, actually, because I thought he did all right. I was I was a little surprised 
he 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 converted me because it was a good battery. Anyway, my point is, this is the perfect opportunity for a full reset. Why the hell is Galgadot coming back? Why? Why? And this is not anything personal towards her. I just mean, if you're going to bring anyone back, bring Henry Cavill back. He was an excellent Superman. Anyway, that's that. Moving on to Marvel. Why does Marvel suck so much all of a sudden? Capitalism will always capitalize that. You'll milk until it's dry. Okay, this thing, like, things have become so bad with Marvel. Marvel is about to inspire one of the biggest strikes in the history of graphic and VFX artists ever, simply because of how much they were trying to produce. It was untenable. It's like 30 movies. It's, 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 the, it's, a, it's now a massive soap opera. Already, like, you're, you're, you're kind of making it more and more difficult for casual fans just to hop on because now there's so much lore and, like, inside jokes for every movie. Like, if you don't know what happened to Rocket in Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 and in the Christmas special and in Avengers Endgame and Infinity Wars, you're not going to understand why... Like Rocket's storyline is so important in Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Three. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you didn't watch, if you didn't watch the the Guardians Christmas special, you won't know that Star Lord discovered that what's her face is his half sister. I forget her name now. Um, the one that controls people, yeah, Mantis. So like, there's all this stuff happening already. There's that, and then there's just like you. You're forcing out so much content so quickly. There's no way there's good writing. I watched two episodes of Miss um, Marvel, and I was like, "This isn't for me." That was the first. I have not even bothered watching She-Hulk. I saw the trailer. I was like, "Is this, are these the effects you guys are bringing?" Nah, <laughs> I'm good. Secret Invasion haven't even started. Right, like you can't keep up with this. The Ant-Man. And the thing of Quantumania, to me, was a massive sure. disappointment. I hated that. I'm about I'm about thirty minutes into that movie, and I, I keep telling myself, "Dan, you have to fit, you just have to finish." Which it. movie is this? Do this. You could Ant Man and the Quant and the Wasp wait, of Quantum. Wait, you haven't watched it yet? I watched like thirty minutes of it. I watched <laughs> it with my wife, and she was like, "Dan, I will leave you." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, it is. It is. It is not <laughs> great, especially considering. This is the like the main this is the first major set piece outside of Loki setting up the next big big villain. But but okay, Phil, I, I hear your explanation that there's too much. And it's not but good. I don't think it okay. They all have different writers. How is it that No, but the, the majority what's the but not, the, who's the who's the executive producer? Phase one, phase who's, two. No, who's the executive no, producer? No. All of them. Kevin Feige. There we go. So, okay, listen, phase one, phase two, and phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase one, okay, we can say it's introduction, it was exciting, all good. Even phase two, when they were bringing in, you know, Captain America and the, and the follow-up movies and whatever. Yes, there were a few misses, but even the misses weren't that bad. And the, and the, and the, except for so dark, oh, the Dark World. So Dark World wish. Yeah. No, no, we're in agreement there. We're but it's okay. Agreement. You can allow one or two misses because the majority of them were actually good. Mm-hmm. And then now it seems like, okay, let me, tell, let me give you the phase four movies, okay? I don't, Black Widow. I don't care about none of these, bro. Black Widow, I'll put it on. I'll put Black it on. Widow was, not good, not bad. No, Black Widow was terribly timed. That was terrible marketing. Had Black Widow dropped five years prior, we would have loved it. It would have been A1. Yeah. 
So for now, I'll just put it, it's like in the middle. Not bad, not good. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, it was good. It was decent, me. yeah. Eternals. Terrible. Terrible. Spider-Man No Way Home. Good. good. Yeah. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Goodish. Um, goodish. 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. 50-50. Goodish. But I would say in terms of forwarding the, push, pushing the story forward, didn't really contribute much. Thor Love and Thunder. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Good. Mm. Okay, fine. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Black bad. Panther we can give a, a pass to considering the fact that you had to rewrite it mid-production because your, your, your main protagonist passed away. And very tragic. So yeah. That's, yeah. S- same phase four. TV shows. WandaVision. Good. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What? Who cares? Waste of time. Ugh. The most the, the the most uncharismatic villain ever. We must we must repopulate the world and give people homes. That's what we do. I can't even remember what she looked like. Did she have she had freckles? She, right. She, imagine ima- imagine putting like if you had Mid Journey, just say in Mid Journey, generic mixed race woman with freckles. That's her. Loki, good. Yeah, Fine. Loki was good. What if? Yeah. What if 50 50? Mm. Hawkeye, mm. not good. What? Moon Knight, not good. No, what? Miss Marvel, not good. Not good. She Hulk, not good. Terrible. I... So, I. Do you know, my... but you know, Dan, I predicted this because there's many things. Hey, and we've discussed this before. Like, as much as I'm a Star Wars fan, my, my office is surrounded with Star Wars memorabilia. My house is surrounded with Star Wars memorabilia. At a certain point, I had to be honest with myself and I realized, yo, when you stop and think about it, Star Wars has more misses than hits. And the misses are real big misses, right? There's that. And the, it's the same with Marvel. If, if, we see, if, we say, if we say episodes seven through nine are pretty much all misses. Seven was decent. Eight and nine were terrible because of the decisions they made. Like seven set it up nicely. Seven, seven was okay. No, but people were mad at Seven. Because of the, no, I remember, people, I, people, I remember but thinking... It, it I was nice because of the nostalgia because Seven just copied the formula of Four. And I actually liked that. I enjoyed that, that, that copy. But they wasted Finn. Like, what was the point of Finn in that whole... What was the, Finn had no purpose. One through three, terrible. Except for, except for um, Claw, Attack of the Clones. It's terrible. And uh, I don't know, Attack of the Clones was meh. Revenge of the Sith was fine. But Midichlorians, like the introduction of that, terrible. <laughs> That's all of, okay, anyway, we, we've, we've not gone super nerdy. But anyway, I come back to like the Marvel thing. The problem with Marvel is you're trying to do too much. You're doing, and it's very difficult to build a universe that expansive. Just in general, but especially with comics. Because people don't, like, comic book culture has a hard, has, has a soft reset button. Whereas... If you don't like, as a writer, or even the producer or creator of the comic, if you don't like what you did with the character in the last run of comics, you can just retcon it. And the readers, there'll be no questions, nothing. Because that's the culture you've created. Where like you've And part of being able to retcon is creating a multiverse with all these different variables and variants of characters because it allows you to do whatever you want with the character. You know what I mean? Like... And it doesn't have to co- fit cohesively into a storyline. And you now take that to mass market who have a structure that they know and understand, who understand continuity, and you're trying to appease both cultures and you can't. That's one thing. The other thing is the culture has shifted. Before, 
comic book movies were not good and they were not popular. You guys figured out a way to make them both good and popular and very profitable. Then you started acquiescing to the requirements of, of China because you realized that the Chinese market is worth at least two to $400 million alone in box office sales. So now you're making sure that you're appeasing that market. And then you're making sure you're trying to appease Disney who have their own agenda and their own values. And then you're still trying to appease comic book fans. You can't serve that many masters and, and still do a good job. And then at the same time, as your your programs are becoming more and more, your videos, sorry, your movies are becoming more and more popular and you're maximizing all the revenue around that as Disney would do, culturally, you've now got to start approaching them differently. You're no longer the underdogs. You're on top of it. And you've now got to realize, wait a minute, we're being accused of dumbing down cinema. And even our fans are realizing that we're kind of like dumbing down cinema. Like, the running joke for years has been, Dan, at the end of every movie, what, 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 what does every Marvel movie have? I, I'm not, I haven't even heard this with Dan, but let me, I, I guarantee you'll get it right because he knows. What's the running joke at the end of every Marvel movie? What happens? Post-credit scene. No, before the post-credit scene. Like, what leads to the, the end of the, the movie? What has to happen? Oh, the sky, sky beam. Bingo! <laughs> sky beam. <laughs> Dan and I did not even rehearse it. <laughs> and that's the point. It's like, if it's become that formulaic, you've got to change the formula. And that's why, like, for example, WandaVision. Wow, breath of fresh air. But then... Even though it had a sky beam. But that's, that's, that's what I was going to. Like, for, for six episodes, it was great. In the last two episodes, you, you couldn't help yourselves. You couldn't, you bastards. You couldn't. So, but, okay. So, but, okay. I hear what you're saying. Okay. Here's the thing. Comic books are so diverse and so plentiful that the source material can go anywhere. That's it. So, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get how you have the budget to hire the best writers on the planet the best directors and the best actors you have the budget but and you're guaranteed that audiences are going to come watch this movie i don't understand how we keep ending up with sort of generic because some of them are not that like 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 um you spoke about guardians of the galaxy volume 3 there seems to be a story and there seems to be emotion and there's parts that disturb you and there's parts that make you feel warm and you feel like there's a story of friendship in there even though there's also traditional comic book elements. And I, don't, I wouldn't say it's the best Marvel movie or anything like that, but it's a pretty good... I feel like that's not a, it's not a difficult standard to reach. But, and I don't understand how... I can understand if, if a studio doesn't have a big budget, so listen, we're not going to allow you to do ABC, and the director feels frustrated because now the, the vision that I had is not really coming out, and now the movie doesn't seem as, as, as connected as it is. I don't understand how you can have such a huge budget you have almost guaranteed that even the Marvel movies that suck are going to make multiple hundred million dollars. You've got the biggest star. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get, how do, how do you, how do you make Ant-Man? You have the potential for something so interesting. So, Thor Love and Thunder, the dude Taika Waititi says, okay, look, we got a bit carried away. We started just going crazy with the jokes. How? No, but but what do you mean? here's the thing. So I think that's part of it is that a there's humanity. So you mentioned two very good examples, which are Ty- Taika Waititi and James Gunn, both of whom actually weigh very big sticks and are given a lot of creative license to do whatever. Where I think Kevin Feige and the studio are like, yo, listen, 
We trust your guys' vision. You guys have done amazing. Whatever you want, consider it greenlit. And in one example, Taika probably, his, his plug was giving him a little too pure uh, of that nose candy. <laughs> and he went a little overboard. But he had been going overboard already because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the, um, the previous Thor movie. And I Ragnarok. Told you, yeah, I didn't like Ragnarok. No ways. Ragnarok was fire, man. I told you, Rag, Ragnar- Ragnarok at its core is one of the saddest movies in the MCU. But it was reduced to just jokes. There was no like emotional depth to the fact that Thor had lost everything. Yeah, but Phil, serious Thor movies had failed already. No, but give us, no, give Dark us. World wasn't a serious Thor. It was just a bad movie. It's not a serious movie. It was just a bad movie. <laughs> Anyway, they tried to make it so serious. So, so J- and then James Gunn, b- because he's, he's, he's so good at it, he was able to keep it in check. So that's one example. And that's the exception. The other thing you mentioned is limitless budgets. Theoretically, yes, but no, because capitalism, that's why if, 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 limited, if there were limitless budgets, the same writers for Marvel would not be striking right now. They would not be striking as we speak. The same graphics effects artists who work on all these Marvel movies would not be raising the fear. I don't know if you've been following the, what they're doing in the media, but they are fed up. They're like, guys, it's like we're doing ridiculous working hours. And they're like, especially tough with them because they're like, we deal with either two types of directors. And they even mentioned the, the director for Eternals. Where what, and um, even um, Ryan Coogler had this. There's a great piece on it where they were like, what Disney would do is they'd go get amazing directors for narrative, narrative directors, right? narrative writers who don't really have experience with superhero movies or action movies or CGI. So their mm. only experience is with, is with practical action. So they'll come in and they'll have a great narrative arc. But because they have no experience with CGI, they don't know what the final product should look like. So it's very much like, just kind of make it look like this, but not really. So then... Mm. And you, as someone who's creative, like sometimes you need a very detailed brief because it makes your job easier. So because you've been given creative license, you might go completely left to what the director wants, but you've already put in those man hours and that's maybe 20 man hours to get to, to, to some rendering. Then you show it to the director and the director's like, no, 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 that's not what I want. Okay, what do you want? No, I don't really know, but not that. <sighs> okay. Then you put in another 20 hours and it's, now I'm still not what they want. And then you find yourself having to do like these multiple revisions just to get anywhere close. And by the time you've finished with the revisions, you now don't have enough time to refine the final product. And the, the, the CGI people that were working on it were like, yo, that's why the last 20 minutes of Black Panther, the first Black Panther looked so bad in CGI with the rhino scene and the fight of Killmonger and Black Panther um, in the mine. If you look at it closely, the CGI is not great. And they're like, that's the reason why. And they bring up the same example for Eternals. So I think that's another reason. And that's because capitalism will always try and capitalize. So there's that. Plus also, there's only so many properties you can control because in as much as you might have infinite resources, you can't have infinite supervisors because they all need to be pulling in the same direction. But the more people you add to the chain of command, the more points of broken telephone that you create. You get what I'm saying? Because I, I think that's, the, that's actually the crux of it. That the fact that they decided, yo, everything's going so well. The world is not going to be interested in comic books forever. So let's maximize now. So now we're going to do a, a TV show every two months. 
and a movie, uh, you know, like four movies a year. But the, yeah, but, it was but comic books have existed for damn near a hundred years now. No, the no, whole, of course they have. But, but but the point is that they were in the zeitgeist. They were the, like the most popular thing. But you know what I mean. When, whereas once upon a time they were just the nerd thing. So I'm sure they were thinking, now that we have this, now let's maximize on it because, dude, there was it was almost you know with the TV shows it was. It almost felt like it was like a like a constant stream of TV shows with like two weeks break in between. I think it was really like a month break in between or something like that. It was literally like from one show to the next to the next. It was like WandaVision. No, 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 Falcon the way. They were just, there was a new TV show. Meanwhile, movies are coming and out. And the thing is, and you like couldn't saying, afford you, to, like if you miss the show, you've missed something for the movie. And if you don't follow, that's what I'm saying. It's untenable. Like as as a human being with like a family and a job and so forth, like yes, I like the movies, but now the movies and the shows are no longer special events. They're just there. It's it's not like CSI. It's like CSI Miami and then Las Vegas. You you have the you have the you have the people who go to Comic Con and who are going to dress up to the movie premiere. Then you have the Phils and the Dan's who are also somewhat nerdy about the movies and they want to see the movies, so they'll definitely be there. Then you have the people who kind of know about them and they also want to go. You know what I mean? And you can't, it's, it's good for the super nerds, the Eric Vosses of this world who are going to watch every single show and every movie. But it's a bit too much for the Dans and Phils of this world. It's definitely too much for the people like my wife who are like, yeah, I do, a, I do appreciate an occasional comic book movie, but God damn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they overplayed their hand. I'm sure, listen, Bob Iger, if you're listening to this, if uh, you're bots that uh, listen out for your name, somehow catch up the transcript of this particular podcast. Um, here's my recommendation to you as someone who has absolutely no experience overseeing a multi-billion dollar movie and uh, IP company. Give us two movies a year and two shows a year and watch it go all the way back to the top. Mm. Once, again, once again, Disney, keep up with that. Disney hire us. We are here. We are here. We are here. So, for example, like Shang-Chi or Eternals. I want, how, how much did Eternals make at the box office? Eternals made... Um, Eternals made... I think 300. Let's see. What does Ben say? I'm guessing 300. Let's play a game. Let's go. Then just go to box so, office uh, mojo. I don't understand. Damn, just box office uh, mojo. Eternals. What, 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 I was what? I was already looking at the Marvel movies page. Okay, there we go. Okay, Eternals made four hundred and two. Oh, okay. Globally, I was close. I was close. Okay. And then uh, Black Widow. I think Black Black Widow. Damn. Black Widow's a hundred. Black Widow's a flop because remember Black Widow dropped on Disney Plus. Three hundred and seventy nine. Oh, that's a no. That's a, that's a, that's actually another thing. Dan, we are describing movies that made two, three, four hundred million dollars as flops. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Black Widow wasn't bad. It was okay. Eternals was the one that was like, hey, you know, let me and maybe Phil. Actually, we need to rewatch it because if you remember when we watched it, we hosted a, a Two Broke Twimbo's exclusive, oh, exclusive. That was terrible. Premiere. Of so, like, for example, 
I remember as a kid, one of the biggest blockbusters when I was a kid was Jurassic Park. Like a revolutionary movie with special effects and so forth. Jurassic Blockbuster. It's global. It's global box office was 63 million, right? This is a movie that dropped 20 years ago. Its re-release did, well, various re-releases have done, has taken it over up to 404 million. All releases, so that's including re-releases, cinema, syndication, TV, bloody, bloody, blue. It's done a billion dollars worldwide. And that's a 20-year-old movie. And this, I think this exemplifies just how much the goalposts were skewed and how untenable this was. Infinity War did those so, numbers. And Infinity War was not even of, five years old. One of the most famous blockbusters of all time, Jaws, um, came out in 1975 mm. and has had multiple re-releases. Steven Spielberg classic. Mm-hmm. Now how much it's made? I'm looking at the numbers right now, Dan. 476. 400. <laughs> Once again, guys. I, I assume that's ad- adjusted for inflation. But, you, but, but, but even with the... Guys, do you understand how much money 400 million is? Like 400 million. You know what? Hold on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me do something here. Let's see. Toyota America 2022 gross profit. I want to see something. Okay, that's, 50, that's 53 billion. Okay, you know, that was a terrible. That was a terrible. That was a terrible. Look. <laughs> Basic, but I mean, okay. Let's look at Kylian Mbappe's offer at uh, <laughs> in Dubai. No, but but I get your point. Our, our our numbers have somewhat been skewed by the Marvel universe. That they now expect each movie to make a billy, which is insane. Once upon a time, making a billion was like you know what, Dan. Actually, it I wasn't found, even I found it realistic. So, fun facts: you guys know the vid- the video game market is twenty times bigger than the the movie industry, right? So, mm. this is a perfect example. I looked up I don't think that's Blizzard name. Activision. Their net profit for the last year. Keep in mind, this is one of the biggest gaming studios in the world. Obviously, they've been involved in a very big acquisition. They have two of the biggest properties in gaming. Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. He said duty. <laughs> and they have Candy Crush. And Candy Crush. What do you, th- what do you think their profit was for 2022, Dan? If they're be they're val they're being sold for just give me a number forty billion. What do you think their net billion. profit was? Net profit twenty twenty two two billion close one point five, and and that just proves my point. Disney was like the gross revenue of their movies was matching the net. Profit of one of the biggest gaming studios on the planet. That's not tenable. Although Disney's net income for 2022, 3.145 billion. Which, when you think about it, is actually 
That's not a lot. Like their margins are low. Those are very slim margins. Consider how many properties Disney has, right? So Disney has all of their original properties, obviously. Then they've got the Star Wars. Then they've got Marvel. Then they've got their theme parks. Then they've got Disney Plus. Imagine saying low, Phil, when we're talking about three bills. Man, that's what capitalism does. You know, I keep telling you, man, we, we need to eat the rich. Capitalism has screwed us over, man. Anyway, <laughs> well, here we are sitting talking about Billy's and Billy's like, yeah, no, it flopped, bro. It only made 300 million. What? <laughs> yeah, what a flop. Black Widow, y'all know it was a flop, eh? Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp was considered a flop because it only made 400 million. <laughs> Yo, you guys are joking, man. Anyway, um, to, to, to give a, a, a final thought on this theory as well, just to wrap it up, we've, we've gone down a little bit of this nerdy movie rabbit hole. I think the public in general, not the nerds, of course, the nerds will continue to eat it up, but the public in general feel that comic book movies have oversaturated. Mm. And I, I do think it's, it's harmed the movie industry. Because mm-hmm. they've wiped out... Um, and th- there's a great piece on Fox on this as well. W- basically, they've wiped out, and also Matt Damon had a very good rant about this actually. But he's like, they've wiped out the middle budget movie. So, growing up, Dan, um, we grew up in the generation of remember remember the the, the comedic rom coms, you know, mm. Sixteen Candles, um, Ten Ways I Love I Hate You. Was it Ten Ways? All the reason I can't remember the name of the movie, but all the, the Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt movies, even some of the early slasher <laughs> movies, um, mm, Catherine Heigel, yeah, um, Ameri- even like American, there were a lot Pie, of Kathy's. Euro Trip, those cult classic movies. Those were not intended to be blockbusters. Those were just in, even like that run of 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 movies that Jim Carrey was on. Like a lot of those movies weren't necessarily meant to be blockbusters. They were just supposed to be like mid revenue. We're gonna we're investing five between five and ten million dollars. If we get a hundred million back, good business. We're happy. You're happy. We've now made our money. You know what I mean? And none of those movies exist anymore. Those movies go straight to Netflix. They go straight to Amazon Prime. They go straight to Disney because it and, and it fe- it feels like they're put on a on a production line or something like the most basic yeah. cookie cutter storyline. So, yeah. And, and in this article, they go into great depth. They're like, you'll notice that a lot of these movies are actually shot in Vancouver because it's cheaper to shoot in Vancouver than it is to shoot in America, especially on the lots there because of the tax implications. And a lot of the B-grade actors are not part of this. So like, there's even like a whole new crop of TV shows, the the level of the CSI and the Equalizer and whatnot, where, that are just watched like either passively or by retirees or whatever. And they all have the same actors. Even some of these Netflix shows, because they're all shot by, by the same actors who aren't part of a union, all in Canada. And it's commodified everything. And that's not great. Well, what I know is that the market will correct itself. Of course, the, uh, the invisible hand of capitalism will correct itself. Look at you, Dad. Look at you. Indeed. And we will benefit from the trickle-down economics of it all. Mm. Those billies will come to our plates as well. Okay, Ronnie. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Moving, moving away from that uh, little bit of a detour from our regularly scheduled programming. You know, um, actually, going back to actually, the music. I was about to say, you know what? Mukudze is a patron. He gets to play out. That's what, Some of the patron benefits. So, in fact, you know what? Let's give him a call. 
Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's see, Dan. Should we wake up? Should we wake him up? Let's wake him up if he answers. Bumped into the room at, uh, where did I? It was at uh, the Zimas. Look at our listeners getting early sleeps. Lack of seriousness. It's a serious lack of seriousness. Look, they sleep, we grind. That is true. That is true. Granted, it is 10 p.m., but you know. What's up? I think I think I think he's like it's two early, hours ahead of us. Bells. The times that he's in, so like this is midnight for him. So, just on Batapachi, second half. But first things first. One of my boys, Simba, first release in uh, first solo release in two years. I don't know, Jan, did you catch this item? Not yet. With DND, aka Do Not Disturb. Dope, 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 dope. Hey, one of my favorite artists right now is Pro Beats, and Pro Beats uh, just dropped two songs actually. Uh, I'll, I'll play the one of them. Um, this one is called Pandimire, uh, and he's been promoting it on his social medias, etc., etc. Quite excited about it. Check it out. Is it you and me? Is it me and you? Is there someone else? Is there someone else? Baby, tell me now. Somebody tell me now. Is it you and me? Is it me and you? Is there someone else? Is there someone else? Baby, tell me now. Somebody tell me now. Pain Pandimire by Pro Beats. Dope stuff, man. Shout out to Pro Beats. Pro Beats. Uh, there's also, we had spoken about him earlier on. We had spoken about Michael Mags um, and his uh, shenanigans with Holy Ten. Um, I don't know if he's signed to Holy Ten's label, hmm? his record label. Um, 
but um, here's here's this song called Makuruwe. Oh, Mukuruwe. Sorry. Check it out. I think it's pretty dope. This song is going to be a it's going to be a hit for him. It's going to be a hit for him. Uh, Mukuruwe by Michael Mags just dropped, doing really well for him. Uh, he is he's he's like new on the scene, but is already getting uh, um, you know cosigns, especially coming through from uh, from Holy Ten. So, Yon, I think this is going to be a hit for him. Uh, Samanyanga sounds. What else have we got? Um, Let's try again. Mukuze just is what I said. Butt dial? Question mark. This is desperation. This 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 is what we do. We go the extra mile. Hello. <laughs> What's up, yo? Hello. No kumra utara na mukuze. Yeah, repano. Magadi. Vachad. Tripo magadi o. Uh, no. uh, anyway, stop asking questions, man. Get on my personal business. Hello? I know you're a penguin. Chad, I know you're a penguin. Penguin. Fair enough, I see. I see it. A penguin, see a ball. <laughs> anyway, you know. By the, hey, by the way, sorry, just real quick. My wife makes fun of me for the way I say it. How do you say that 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 flightless bird that lives in the North Pole and South Pole? And and how do you say it? Asking me. I've been saying penguin, but now I feel it's penguin. Self consciousness. How do you say it? Penguin. Say yes, it ping. Like you. It's penguin, not penguin. I say penguin. You say pe- penguin, then it's a penguin. Yeah. Penguin. Anyway, penguin. sorry. That's that's not why we called you. That's not why we called you. Anyway, listen. Anyway, anyway, back to the matter at hand. Uh, sir, we understand that you have dropped an elbow, and uh, I just checked your last payment to Patreon cleared, so you you have qualified for the the Patreon level plug, as we <laughs> like to call it. Yes, sir. Let's go. So do. T- uh, let's get to the, the generic questions. So tell us about this project. Uh, what inspired you? <laughs> nah, man, that's too cliche. Come on, man. 
<laughs> what do you what 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 message would you like to give to the youth? <laughs> so yeah, man, I was just about uplifting the young guns, man. Um, where did you get the idea to put King Kandoro on your album? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Ah, snap! Oh, I forgot. I forgot the beef. Oh my days! Uh, it's not like you guys have a lot of quotables, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> is it? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Anyway, no. Hey, I know we see the moves. <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. <laughs> nah, it's tough. It's tough. Um yo, I, I really like this artwork, man. That's that's pretty cool. Like culture but hip hop. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. Pretty dope artwork. Um Thank you. So how's the how's the how's the general response been since it dropped? Well, before um, we even get there, let, let's break it down. So, b- b- before that, Mukuti is obviously part of, of, of Zazi Say Yotalas's role in the in that organization or the collective. Um, but he just dropped the album, The Storytellers of the Culture, which is a um, a, a compilation featuring multiple uh, producers and artists and rappers and so forth. So, yes, that's what that's why we are calling him here because he's also a patron for the show. He had sent us an advanced copy. And these are some of the benefits you guys get when you support the podcast. So with that context and background, first and foremost, why don't you tell us um, about the album, what brought it about, and also what Zazise does and, and their role in the creation yes. therein. Yes, sir. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. Um, so Zazise is basically a multimedia platform. We're mo- mostly on YouTube. Um, we cover uh, a lot of Zimbabwean hip-hop, but it started out as a channel which was basically dedicated to covering uh, underrepresented talents from Blauai. So hence the name Zazise, which means, you know, make yourself known or identify yourself. So that was basically how the whole thing came together. So we we started out covering like local arts, like past legends, Ilan, Laoma Jaivana, which Till this day is our most watched video um, that that we put out, and then somewhere along uh, the pandemic, uh, we pivoted to Zimbabwean hip hop because they kept being more conversations about ah oh, you know Bolayo artist this Bolayo artist that Bolayo artist this so we're like okay let's try let's try to do our part in covering these guys and creating a platform in which they will feel represented and say okay um, we are getting some level of coverage. Um, so, and then we went deeper and deeper and deeper into, in, into, into hip hop. So we've always, the whole thing was to be, to, 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 we found a gap in where we document Zimbabwean hip hop culture. Like, because a lot of, a lot of footage is lost. A lot of stuff is not recorded in most parts and it's difficult to find. So we wanted to play our part in documenting, uh, years in the Zimbabwean hip hop culture. The album came about. Um, as a way to try to get collaborations together. That was it. I love artists collaborating and I wasn't seeing enough of them uh, collaborating. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to you know, take it up for myself and bring these artists together and then uh, record, you know, uh, bring, bring it together. So basically, like I looked to projects that had been done before. I looked to what Shamembe did. I looked to what you did with um, Pungwe Sessions. Uh, but I also remember you saying you lost a lot of money with that. Uh, and I'm like, ah, man, I don't know if I still want to do this. 
Um, so I did mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the A&R um, in executive production together with Koji. He's based in SA. Um, so he was in charge mostly for arrangement of vocals, sending out demos as well. I was in charge of bringing together beats, approaching artists, and uh, yeah, all, all, all the little nitty-gritties, and then bringing those people together. And yeah, um, we hired an engineer, I think it's some guy from, from Brazil, because his Koji's Connect. And um, yeah, people came together and they recorded. Um, it's, it's, this is actually like the third draft of, of the album, because when you work with a lot of people, things change. Uh, throughout the process, so yeah, that's how that's what happened basically, and it's it's this it's it's become this, and we're happy. I'm happy and I'm proud. The reception has been crazy. Dope, 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 dope. Yeah, I, I'm even seeing you on some on, on some. Um, there's there's a few trackers that I have that like let me know what people in Zim are listening to. I saw one of your songs was appearing on the list. I think let me let me let me pull it up here. So this is ranked. You're in the top twenty. The song "The Culture" with Malcolm Mufunde has popped up. Ooh. On, uh, mm, yeah. There's some there's a nice little bit of data insights for you there. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so yeah, man. That, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Guys, I put out this thing thinking ten people will listen to it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, really, really surprised. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. And and that song actually, um, it was Proji's idea to put it out as as the single because um, I, I was very nervous about putting the intro as your lead single. I was like, eh, I don't know, but also. I, it was a song that I felt would just give people an overview of what the album will sound like. And Malcolm was the perfect guy for mm-hmm. it because uh, he's like a Zim hip hop. He's like a hip hop nerd, basically, who happens to be really admired. Uh, and I knew he would be able to document the culture, uh, the history, uh, to cover like the people that have you know, come before us and to where we are now. So, yeah. I'm glad that kind of worked out. Dope, 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 man. Oh, dope. So you, you get the option of picking which song we play out with this week on the podcast. Which song should we play out with? Fancho. 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 Hi, dope, dope. Yes, sir. Before you leave, there's something I, I, I was scrolling your YouTube as you mentioned it. I'm seeing here. It says the top 25 hottest MCs in Zip-Hop. Zazi said 25 to life. <laughs> What's the question? The twenty-five to life part. I don't know if you don't. I don't know if you don't know. Oh, like jail. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> or oh, the 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 title. That just that, no. That's, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll, we'll discuss it offline. But I used to be part of a very popular hip hop collective called Twenty Five to Life, spelled exactly like this. But anyway, we'll discuss this offline. No way! I didn't know that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. You didn't even know you rap, bro. I just thought, just thought you really yeah. love music. That's why. I okay. You guys, one, one, one day when people are not ready for it, I'll, I'll drop some of Phil's hidden. People don't respect that. Do you know, like, do you want to be on the sequel, bro? 
I'm right. I, I write. People just don't know I write. Like I'll be in the studio. I'll be giving artists advice. Even even with conversations. I wrote, I wrote some. I, I I co-wrote a lot of those songs. People just don't know that. Hey. It's not good. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, we, we we need. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you for the cipher for the second one. Bring bring back Flame mm. Force, the big boss, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drop her fire. <laughs> Drop her fire. I've I've already got I've already got a few beats in the tuck. Don't worry about me. Yes, sir. Got it. Hard, hard. All right. Dope, Thanks, dope, man. dope, dope, dope. So, so let, let the listeners know where they can get the project. And yes, we'll play out. It is out. Storytellers of the Culture by Zazi says that Z-A-Z-I-S-E uh, is out everywhere where you listen to your music. You can also find it on audiocast.com uh, if for some reason you don't have Spotify or Apple. Um, it's also on Audiomag. So, uh, yeah, anyways, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's not yet on YouTube because I, I somehow dislike YouTube. Um, and we want to put out uh, some lyric videos first uh, so it's just not on YouTube but uh, yeah pretty much almost everywhere where you listen to music yeah I'm Mukudze from Zazise and thank you man thank you guys Mukudze the real question is 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 this the golden age of hip hop that's the Mm. real question (laughs) (laughs) as you are seeing now thanks my dude so maybe we actually are (laughs) <laughs> alright so we're gonna sign out with um, as as uh, Mukuzea said Vancho mm. featuring I mean Zazise featuring Dingo Duke Do Major Omel, Omel. great thank you sir yes man right. dope dope man shout out to you man I know how hard it is to put a project together so yeah props to you for getting this done so expensive too but thank you <laughs> <laughs> alright all good my G alright there we go so as we sign up with that song uh, I think we can bring an end to the show this is a good episode Dan. good episode I like it I like it I like good energy good vibes you know what I mean good, good entertainment so, good vibes yeah a few jokes here and there some info and education that's what we do alright so, so don't forget to follow us on the socials even though we're rarely there but I think the best way to get hold of us is via email um, hit us up on the website hit us up at info at twobroketrimbos.com um, please keep in touch because we don't know what's going to happen with Twitter that's now X that's now this oh lord so that'd be great obviously hit us up on the website twobroketrimbos.com and please support the podcast twobroketrimbos.com forward slash donate so we can continue to make this content and call some of our listeners were doing great and amazing things. You see the caliber of our patrons. They're not just dilly-dallying, you know. These are movers and shakers, you know. I, I actually just realized, Phil, so even that Temba Godimbo uh, story at the beginning, that's that's a Zimbabwean doing a big situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's the doing thing. That's the doing that, thing. That's though. the 2BT bump. Once again, the 2BT bump. You're welcome, Tim. You're welcome. Wait, did I say I meant, I meant 2BT bump? That's what I meant. Yeah. So... Yeah. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe. We might see you at the XQ launch. We might not, depending on on what Dan's up to. I might be a, watching a movie this weekend as well. And we'll we'll see you guys out. The summer is about to hit. You know, winter is slowing down, so we're gonna be outside a lot more. A lot of work is is gonna get done soon. So thank you guys so much for supporting us. We'll catch you in the next one. We out.
it's what change for Bama piano. Bano kutamba kunge Cristiano. Dova panave vancho. 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 that's why vachirova ma trees kuswerera ma shija kunge vakuna tu baboro fita kagano vavunzo tichi zikati vani vavotaka vana mati nyaya hombe nyaya kuti vano tanda hunga vozi yeta foti vafana ivavo tisu ende tiso vana ivavo kana tazu funga tino yita vano kwavo plana net shat kozi marito idao tota get high kozi zino zili down vancho tino yita yesa yesa kunge vancho atitine backspress tenge tichidota if she got a fat ass chekuzo tarisa fast kato drama Jova Panave Vancho, 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 Jova Panave Vancho,